Good morning, and we welcome you to the program, John Walmsley. You may know that name as uh, Jason Walton from the hit TV show, The Waltons, and uh, he's joining us this morning from uh, his home in England. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm fantastic. And uh, the uh, the thing that first off is mentioned England, the fact that uh, you were actually uh, born in the United Kingdom and immigrated to the United States with your parents. That's right. That's right. I was I was born here at an early age. <laughs> and then of course uh, you were, um, you know went to uh, started uh, performing at the age of eight, singing and playing guitar. Then uh, you got on a local talent show. Then uh, next thing you know. Uh, you started appearing uh, on TV shows. Right. Yes, I started playing guitar when I was eight and doing little, uh, little local shows and uh, then had the opportunity to, uh, to audition for an acting role. And uh, so a friend said, well, you've got to get an agent to represent you. You know, you don't, my parents, of course, they say, you, you don't know what you're doing, you know, get an agent. And so I did. And uh, that's how I got into television. And, uh, you, of course, uh, as everybody knows you from the Waltons, but uh, you've also had uh, quite a few other um, uh, shows that you were, appeared on uh, back in the day. Right, right. Yes, my, my first professional acting appearance was at 10 um, on a series called Combat. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, Vic Morrow? So, yes, that's right, Vic Morrow. And, uh, yeah, I did quite a, a number of uh, guest appearances on shows around that time, uh, Combat, Daniel Boone. I did a couple of my three son shows, Nanny and the Professor, the Bill Cosby Show. That was the the first Bill Cosby Show that came right after uh, I Spy. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I did a bunch of those, and I, I I got a film at Disney called The One and Only Genuine Original Family Band, which was with uh, Buddy Ebsen and Walter Brennan, and uh, Les Van Warren, John Davidson. That was a great experience. And that actually led to, uh, because I was English, and I had an English accent, they invited me to play Christopher Robin in the Winnie the Pooh cartoons. Okay, so uh, quite the uh, quite the early background there. And then uh, how did the Waltons come about, John? Well, uh, that was 1971. So at that point, I was in high school. I was 15. And uh, my mom picked me up after school, as, as she normally did. And uh, she had brought my harmonica with her. And she said, you've got an audition. We're going straight to CBS. And you've got an audition for this uh, television film. And they want a red-haired boy with freckles who plays the harmonica. And uh, I fit the bill, and pretty much the rest is history. Was there any uh, trepidation on the part of the uh, producers, uh, the fact that you had an English accent, or how did you adapt and uh, uh, have an American, you know, come up with the American accent? Well, what happened was, you know, we moved to America, and at first, you know, I went out to play with the other kids, and I ran home crying um, because I couldn't understand what the kids were saying. So um, then I, when I started going to school uh, as of, you know, kindergarten, um, then it started to go away. And then when I started acting, uh, of course, my, you know, my parents were British, they had, they had English accents. So when I started acting, occasionally when I would be auditioning for something, um, the producer or the casting director would say, um, where are you from? And I, and I would tell them, of course. And then I started to think, well, 
okay, may, maybe this is not a plus. Maybe, you know, the fact that uh, I say rather, rather than rather, uh, is going to prevent me from getting roles. So I made a conscious effort to be able to do American accents. And I love accents anyway. And, you know, part of the fun of being an actor and playing different characters is being able to do different dialects. So I love that. So I, uh, you know, I would go into my audition, you know, with a California accent and I talk like that. And then, you know, I would change it for whatever the role was. In the case of Jason of the Waltons, you know, he, he kind of had a little, little bit of a Southern, you know, like a Virginian inflection. So it was kind of like that. All right. So, and, and of course, uh, you know, you had your acting career going and uh, you also at the same time developing your musical skills. And uh, you understand that you uh, wrote and performed uh, many original songs in the series. Yeah, that's true. Um, as I say, you know, they, they wanted Jason to play harmonica in, in the homecoming. That was the um, TV Christmas special that we did that, that eventually launched the Waltons. Um, so the harmonica was written, written into the show and had I not been able to play, they would have hired a studio musician and pre-recorded it. And, you know, somebody would have sat there and pretended to play harmonica. But because I could actually do it, I played it myself. And then that was something that when the show became a series, they decided to develop. I mean, it was kind of an, an easy thing, right, really, for them just to say, okay, well, Jason's going to be the musician. So, you know, that was my thing from, from then on. And, uh, and one day, a script uh, came to us. We got our scripts delivered, you know, a week or so before we'd start a, a particular episode. And it said, you know, Jason performs the ironing board, ironing board blues. So I thought, oh, right. Well, now I've got to write the ironing board blues. So I did. And that was the beginning of me writing songs for the show. All right. So... Uh... Yeah, it took off, and then from there, at age 19, uh, you uh, made your debut on the Grand Ole Opry. That's right. That was a, a great experience. I mean, what, you know, what an iconic institution that is. And, you know, and I'd always been, in, in addition to, you know, pop music and, and blues, which I dearly love, I'd always uh, liked country music as well. And so, you know, those people were some of my heroes also. And at that point, 1974, you still had a lot of the original Opry members performing. Roy Acuff and Minnie Pearl and um, Marty Robbins, Hank Snow, Grandpa Jones. So they were all there and they'd mill around backstage and socialize and, and the various musicians and, and groups would be jamming in the dressing rooms. And it was just a, just a, a, a wonderful environment there. And it, it was so exciting. And uh, I actually went on the show with... Um, an actor who played the character Bobby Bigelow, um, an actor called Maeve Nutter. And, and he was a country singer, or is a country singer as well. We went on um, on the Opry as the characters that we played on the show. And we, we borrowed our costumes, flew to Nashville and, and did the Opry. And um, it was just, just a great experience. All right. And then, of course, uh, the reason uh, music is the reason why you're going to be in uh, Greensburg on Saturday, September 24th at 7 p.m. at the Greensburg High School Goddard Auditorium for the uh, Greensburg Community High School Chautauqua. And um, understand that uh, this is going to be uh, your only uh, scheduled concert in the United States this year. It is. It is, right. We're, we're you know, kind of starting to 
get going again after the uh, pandemic and lockdowns and all that. So, uh, you know, kind of consciously moving forward back to uh, live performing. And then so advanced tickets are $10 at the door. It's uh, $13. And uh, understand that this includes a uh, meet and greet. Right. Yes. Uh, I w- will be um, saying hello to the fans after the show. And uh, I'll also have um, photographs and uh, CDs to autograph. All right. So, again, that will be at the uh, Greensburg High School, Chautauqua. That will be Saturday, September 24th at 7 p.m. John Walmsley, live in concert. So uh, tickets can be purchased at the Greensburg High School Bookstore, at the Greensburg Public Library, or at gchschautauqua.com. And we'll uh, give those addresses once again uh, once we uh, toward the end of the uh, interview. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout and uh, delve a little bit more and maybe hear some uh, music from uh, John Walmsley, our guest. Of course, uh, you know him as Jason from the Waltons. As we continue our conversation with John Walmsley right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with John Walmsley, of course, uh, best known as Jason on the Waltons, but uh, quite the uh, the musician. John, you mentioned your... Uh, time at the uh, the Grand Ole Opry, but uh, you've also uh, delved into some other uh, forms of music, and not only country, but also I see, uh, you know, rock, pop, and jazz. Right. Well, you know, um, after the Waltons, I concentrated on, on my music, which is, to be honest, my first love. And um, I'm, I'm primarily a guitarist, although I, I write music and I've done um, producing, produced several CDs, and um, and I've, I've worked as also as a, a session musician and a, and a touring musician for for other acts, which was great experience. And it allowed me to travel around the country and, and all over the world, really. Um, I also uh, performed music for uh, television soundtracks, which is great fun to do. You sit there and you have the picture going while the conductor is is you know conducting the score and you're reading your part it's it's very challenging it's it's uh, it's demanding work it's not uh, you know for everybody but it, it was you know a great experience and allowed me to work with some just incredible musicians and then uh, in terms of people that I um, jammed with played with toured with um, there were people like uh, Elvin Bishop and Greg Allman um, some of the English acts like uh, Peter and Gordon, Chad and Jeremy, um, Denny Lane, who was a member of the Moody Blues and also a founding member of Wings with Paul McCartney. So, you know, people like that. It was just um, kind of a a potpourri of uh, different experiences and venues and and situations and different styles of music. And uh, that's, you know, to to be, um, this this is my advice for any aspiring musicians. If you you want to be a, a professional musician, and, and work all the time, you have to be as versatile as possible. Do, do as many things as you can. Just Don't just play your instrument, be able to read music, be able to play a variety of styles. 
So that way, as, as a friend of mine said, if you want to keep busy, you have to be in 19 bands. And, you know, that's, that's what we did. You know, we mm -hmm. just, just tried to keep playing all the time, whether it be a, you know, a concert or a club or a session or whatever. Just, just you know, the, the, the really terrific, the great musicians um, that, that I aspire to be just play all the time. You know, they say Jimi Hendrix never put his guitar down. He would do a concert. And then after the concert, he would go jam all night in a little club. Then he'd go back to his apartment and, and just sit on his bed and play. He just, you know, the guitar had never left his hands. And that, that is why um, he was amazing. Yeah, he had, uh, he had quite the chops, no question about it, and uh, still inspiring a lot of uh, guitarists to this day. And, uh, and you mentioned some of your uh, television uh, sessions. At, uh, I mean, you had uh, Home Improvement, uh, Seventh Heaven, Roseanne, Boy Meets World. Uh, Beverly Hills 90210, um, also Eight Simple Rules, and uh, among others. So uh, it seems like uh, you know quite quite the diverse TV shows. And we talked about the different artists. Uh, here, how about the, here's uh, some uh, some good uh, diverse uh, names here uh, in uh, genres: Richard Marks, Brian Setzer, and Dave Cause. Right. So uh, sound like a, yeah, yeah you, you definitely got around there. Yeah, actually, uh, Dave Cause and I were were roommates in the Richard Marks band. Okay. So this, this is when, um, I guess this would be around 87 when Richard's first record came out. And um, this was my first um, extensive touring experience. And, and it was great because uh, through that, I was able to see just, just how it works when somebody's, because we all, you know, as, as musicians and, and uh, you know, even, even fans, we, we know these stories about bands, they struggle to get a record deal and all that. And, and everybody thinks, you know, once you've got a record deal that you've got it made and, and suddenly you're making loads of money and it's all, you know, limousines and mansions in Beverly Hills, but it's not the case, you know? So I was able to see through that experience what hard work it was uh, touring and, and promoting a record. And to be honest, it was 10 times as hard for Richard as it was for the rest of us, because, you know, we would do a gig and we'd get on the bus and we'd go to another town, we'd check into the hotel and we'd, we'd get to sleep in, you know, until we had to get up for, for our sound check. But, but Richard would be, you know, at a radio station or, or a record store at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, doing interviews and, and promoting. So it, it really is very hard work and, and the bands, and we, we were an opening act first. And luckily there was a little bit of record company money behind us so we actually stayed in pretty decent places and so on but a lot of the bands if, if you go to a concert at a big venue and you see a band and they may have their first record out so let's say uh, they're opening for you know a big act and it's a big venue you think oh you know these guys have got it made but you know chances we don't we don't know if they actually had a hotel room to stay in the night before they were probably in a, in a station wagon towing their gear behind them they probably pulled up to the venue and got out, you know, had some fast food, and then you know took a shower at at the uh, at the arena. That 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 happens um, a lot of the time. So um, you know, it's it's not all um, you know wine, women, and song from from the beginning. There really is a lot of hard work involved, and it was it was a great education for me and and kind of a you know reality check as to how the business really works and, and, and how 
what hard work it is. So uh, it was a great, great learning experience. And, and through that, because we, we went from playing clubs to playing auditoriums, and we were, we were opening it first, and then we began to get some headlining gigs. And eventually, we were headlining in arenas and places like Royal Albert Hall in London, which was, you know, just, just incredible. I mean, Royal Albert Hall, it's where the symphony plays, but, but also it's where Jimi Hendrix played, and the Beatles, and Cream, and all my idols. So uh, it was just it was a dream come true for me, something I'd always wanted to do. Yeah. And then eventually it, uh, you got into uh, solo and uh, you know debut blues album, uh, Going to Clarksville, released in the summer of 2017. And that's nice. available on your uh, website, johnwalmsleymusic.com. And uh, we had a, a good day to have the blues. Now, is this, was that on that uh, CD? It is. It has, that's one of the uh, originals, uh, original compositions on the CD. Um, it's about uh, half covers and half originals. So there's a lot of familiar material on the CD. And uh, I, I produced it and uh, wrote the originals and uh, played every instrument myself. Okay. Wow. All right. So with that, we're going to go ahead and take a, a quick listen to it and uh, a little bit of sample of A Good Day to Have the Blues. That's from the Going to Clarksville album, uh, John Wamsley's solo debut blues album, released in the summer of 2017. Playing in my head, I got rambling on my mind, and there's holes in both my shoes. And it looks like a good day, a good day to have the blues. Well, the stones in my pathway, and the sky is crying. We're past 21, you know why? Mind radio is playing, but all I hear is more bad news. And it looks like a good day, a good day to have the blues. All right, so just a uh, sample of uh, Good Day to Have the Blues that is on uh, John Wamsley's uh, debut solo album. Going to Clarksville, again, that was released in the summer of 2017, and that's available on John's website, J-O-N-W-A-L-M-S-L-E-Y-Music.com. So that is JohnWamsleyMusic.com. And again, uh, John, uh, you live in uh, Cornwall, England with your wife, Marion, and uh, understand that you're uh, currently working on your next album. That's right. Um, I just have to make one correction, Tom. Yes. It's, It's not going to Clarksville. I almost didn't catch it at first. It's, it's going to Clarksdale. Clarksdale. Okay, so yeah, going Clark- to Clarksdale. My, my apologies. Right. No, that's fine. Um, I, I, I made that slip myself occasionally because, you know, we all know the famous monk, monkey song, last train to Clarksdale, right? Yes. Uh, but but this, is, this is based, um, the CD was inspired by a, a trip that my wife and I made to Mississippi, and we drove up and down the, the Blues Trail, and uh, and the town is actually Clarksdale, Mississippi. All right. So, again, it's going to Clarksdale, and, uh, and that is available on johnwamsleymusic.com. And, uh, 
And again, uh, John, uh, you're working on your uh, next album, I understand. I am, yes, writing songs and uh, I've been, been uh, doing some collaborating this time with some friends in the U.S. and we've been uh, emailing each other lyrics and sending music files back and forth and, you know, it's just a different way to work. And I think, you know, we'll see as it progresses. Uh, so far, I'm playing everything myself again in my uh, home studio, but, you know, I may... I may bring in some uh, some friends to play some other instruments as well. We'll see we'll see how that goes as it goes along. All right, so we can uh, keep keep our eyes out for that, and uh, again uh, keep our eyes out for uh, to um, uh, buy tickets to uh, the uh, Greensburg High School Chautauqua. That'll be on Saturday, September twenty fourth at seven p.m. John Wamsley live in concert. Advance tickets ten dollars at the door thirteen dollars, and that includes a meet and greet. And again, as we mentioned, uh, John lives in Cornwall, England, and his only scheduled concert in the United States. So uh, you got a uh, bit of uh, blues, R&B, and uh, roots of rock, rock music. So all, uh, all kinds of good mixture there that you can expect. And uh, tickets can be purchased at the Greensburg High School Bookstore, the Greensburg Public Library, or at gchschautauqua.com. Uh, John Wamsley, uh, anything else uh, before we let you go? Well, just just uh, thank you, Tom, for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak to you and say hello to everybody. And hopefully, um, we'll get lots of folks coming to the concert on the twenty fourth. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be a, a full band, and I'll I'll be playing um, a lot of hot guitar. It'll be a little different than when what people are used to on the Waltons, but I, I think um, there'll be a lot of familiar material and a few originals as well from the CD. And I think everybody will have a great time. All right, looking forward to it. Again, that'll be Saturday, September 24th at 7 p.m. at the Greensburg High School Goddard Auditorium. John Wamsley, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Stay well, and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing some more of your music in the future. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it.